Midnight Movies. I'm Thanatos Kane, joined by my trusty sidekick. Well, not really my sidekick. That's not kind of cool. Is Captain Mike, Captain Mike Jones, all the way live from Altamont Springs. How you doing, sir? I'm doing awesome, sir. Having a uh, fun week, fighting a, fighting a cold. You know, good times. Oh, you know, you got to love it when uh, winter hits. Uh, or when the uh, temperature starts changing a little bit, even though we don't get much wet weather here or winter here. No, we're we're begging for it though. But um, it's no, it's not quite here. We've had some little bit of you know, a little bit of teases as they would say, but uh, nothing nothing full fledged yet. There's no the the pants are not open yet. Just we got the the zippers open a little oh. bit. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you what you guys did up in New Jersey for the weather, but uh, but you know, <laughs> hey man, well, there's some stuff we had to do. We had to get around. But um, yeah, so we're back here doing once again our Midnight Movies, and today we have selected, well, I haven't selected, Captain Mike selected, it was very kind of him, we selected the 1996 classic, Mars Attacks, Mars Attacks. Now, I remember this movie for, it's a Tim Burton movie, you tell it's a Tim Burton movie, like, right from the beginning, it has his, I think uh, Danny Elfman did this, but I think what's amazing about this movie is the amount of talent in this movie, just like, like Bink, Bink, Bink here and there. You got Pierce Brosnan. I think you got Jim Brown in this movie too. Um, I think Sarah Jessica Parker's in this movie as well. Yes, yes, she is. Uh, actually, this was the first movie uh, Elfman came back to working with Tim Burton. He took a break. He didn't do Ed Wood with him. Uh, apparently, they had some like falling out during um, during the production of Nightmare Before Christmas, and they basically kind of needed a break from each other. I mean, like they've been with each other since. God, since the beginning, I'm trying to since remember Pee-wee? Be- since no, Pee Wee, right? No, I think it was Beetlejuice. I'm trying to remember. I I, I had read where they the uh, they had been together. It wasn't all of his stuff, but there was yeah, there was a uh, a bit of a falling out. You know, brothers have a, have their moments where they argue and they don't get along. Well, and they kissed and made up for this film, so that's good. I'm glad they're back. Yeah, I, I remember reading something where Danny was saying it was a it, it was. A lot of a big part of himself was missing when he was doing a lot of projects. So there, there, there's definitely that feel that that connection that they both have with each other. You know, so you know, working together for so long. Yeah, it's almost symbiotic their relationship. You know, the you if there's a Tim Burton movie, you know, Danny Elfman's going to come out with a soundtrack for it, and it's gonna it's gonna sound basically the same from all his movies because it's always like he, Tim Burton's an artist. You know, as Kevin Smith would say, an artist, and he always has that wacky type of zany sound. Although I hated his soundtrack for the Justice League movie, but we'll get to that some other day. But um, yeah, they they like PP and J, they fit together and they need to be together. They have to love each other, you know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So um, got mine queued up. There's no special edition for this. I don't think that we ever got. So um, but yeah, this is a like you were saying, man. The cast is just ridiculous on here it, it it reminds me of a lot of the like the rat race movie or um it's a mad 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 world where wow. just, you just get these oh. great <laughs> like this just these actors all put their egos aside and say hey listen we're, we're there's no main cast there's no just this great ensemble cast of top level actors and they all get together and i, I love so, movies uh, like should that. be fun me too so i guess we're ready to cue this thing up Yes, sir. Whenever you are, I got my, uh, I got it queued up to the Warner Brothers logo. Yes, that's where I am also. Okay. So why don't you give us a countdown? Yes, sir. So we shall do this in three, two, one, 
and press play. And we are off. Yeah, one of the few moments where you see a different Warner Brothers logo. You see this flying saucer flying in the background of the clouds. Yeah, that was kind of clever when they did that. Very clever. Now, when this came out, um, Emmerich and Delvin, the writers of Independence Day, were produce or were making Independence Day first, or they were making it at the same time, and they had to when they heard about this movie, they're like, "No, we are not going to drop our movie after the parody because it'll make it look even worse." So they actually forced them to speed up production. And with the production getting sped up, the only time that was available was July Fourth for the uh, to drop it, and it would kind of force them to name the title the title of the movie Independence Day. So in a way, this movie kind of influenced that movie. I love that. Sorry, like the cows running by on fire. That's just great. I just let the farmer comes by. Hey, you you doing a barbecue? <laughs> and just the and the, just the classic UFO look and sound. As that type of I forgot what they call those black and white movies. Those thirty that thirties feel, I guess. Thirties, forties, seventies. I forgot what they call those movies. I think were they were they Ed Wood movies as well. No, no. Was well, Ed Wood, Ed Wood did have a have a movie, you know, Plan Nine from Outer Space, was kind of in that style where it was just hubcaps as flying saucers. Uh, but no, they were just your typical alien movie. Sci- that that was sci fi back in the day with with that look and that feel to it. Oh, but no, the uh, the movie was loosely based off of a playing card from Topps Company, the Topps uh, trading cards. Uh, from 1962, and uh, it infuriated parents so much because it was, it wasn't your typical baseball cards that everybody knew and football cards that everybody had, but it, they depicted grim paintings by uh, by comic book artist Norman Saunders, um, and a lot of the images were like just downright unsettling. Uh, one card actually showed a giant insect decapitating a naked woman in a shower room. Another featured a dog being vapor uh, vaporized. Right from its owner, uh, a small child, and uh, they got they, they basically pulled uh, publication for these like like quickly. I just think it was like within like months of the the publication. Uh, but what happened? What got Tim Burton actually interested in this was there was nineteen eighty four, eighty five, I think eighty four. Uh, they re really reissued the original run. The original, they were only 55 cards. They reissued the 55 cards. Mm. And, um, and so they, that kind of like, that was, you know, Tim growing up. That's what he saw and he kind of gravitated towards those. Uh, but actually, a original, I think 2008, a mint condition of the uh, first run of uh, just one of the cards went for like $3,600 for, uh, wow. That's... Yeah, that just, that shows you the, uh, how big they were. I love the look of this planet, by the way. Hmm. Now, this is obviously the beginning of CG, I believe. 
Uh, actually, he is both. Actually, he started with uh, he's because you know how he's known for his motion capture. Yeah. Uh, but um, Warner Brothers was kind of pushing them because they were starting to go over budget, so they forced him to do a half and half on the movie. Mm. But he, what he originally wanted was to do all motion capture. Interesting. I love the music. See, see, Danny Elfman fits so well with him. Like whatever his, like it's like it's. A sh- I'm glad they got back together. You gotta love this music. It's just like I said. I hate repeating myself, but it just, just goes with it. Oh yeah, no, it does. It's it, again, it's one of those ones where you. I think we talked about it during our Star Wars retrospective when we came into talking about John Williams and and uh, you know George Lucas. It's you know, those movies wouldn't be the same without Williams. Opening titles. Those are, those are, I mean, the, the cast is, like we said before, just insane. Just freaking insane. Yeah, because there, there's cast members on here. You know, I completely forgot. I forgot, like, Martin, Martin Short. You know, he was in this. He doesn't do stuff anymore. Uh, he's I think he's almost semi-retired, I guess. Pretty much. I, he had a show there for a little bit uh, a couple years ago. Uh, there was a, a t- television show he was doing. The the one where he's in the fat guy suit. I know he did one. He he's in a big fat guy suit. I believe I so. The name of yeah, that. I believe so. Was it like Eddie Eddie something Glickman? I know that was the name of the show. It was actually pretty good. No, I've always been a big um, Martin Short fan. I mean, you go back here you know, with Three Amigos and and uh, what was the. Uh, the guy that, that he did on Saturday Night Live with the guy with the pants pulled up halfway to his chest with a big alfalfa. Oh, that was great. Jack Nicholson just fits in these movies, too. He does. Yeah, I he, love his role. Yeah, it's it's the, the way he does, because he does this one and he does the casino owner. It's a, This is one yeah, of those yeah. ones where he had a dual, dual role. He was fun. And the general in this is, I, I don't think, I don't know if they meant it or, or what, but he is just a straight ripoff from uh, Dr. Strangelove. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when they go <laughs> later in the movie, I think they, they, go, they go into the war room and I just, it just takes me dead back to, to that movie. And uh, we got a young Natalie Portman here. Very young. Now, this is after The Professional, I believe. I, yeah, I believe this was after Professional. I think she was a little bit younger on The Professional. Of course, Glenn Close. The great Glenn Close, yeah. Yeah, there was another uh, screenwriter that tried to do an adaptation of this uh, before Tim Burton, and it just never caught on. I think you need, you need a certain type of director who kind of like understands you know and Burton kind of understands this 
form of, you know, because that's what basically his movies are. Hmm. You know, when I was looking up this movie before you um, so were so kind to share it with me, I, I put in the wrong search engine. I put in Google, I was like, um, I thought I put Mars Attacks, but it kept coming up as Mara Attacks. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So, so they sent me these pictures of like Kate and Rooney Mara. And like these weird, like, I guess somebody photoshopped it. It was pretty funny. So. so Jack Nicholson wasn't the first one up for the president's role, by the way. Oh. You have, you had two other, uh, or a few uh, other. Um, hmm, I'm trying to guess. Chevy Chase? No, no. Good at like not one I, I don't want I don't want to say Trevor Chase isn't a good actor but um you're classic actors what you would think in the same oh. genre in the same uh, age group as as Jack yeah uh well Joe well Joe Pesci's in this movie I know that yeah uh hmm De Niro no Pacino no. No, but you're you're like you're like right in that area. Uh, one of them was uh, his. Uh, one of them is his wife. His wife's in the movie. Uh wait. Um, gosh, I have his name. I'm trying to think. It's escaping me now. Well, she plays. Uh, she plays the wife of one of Jack Nicholson's characters. If that helps, you you, you might be on. If you look at the screen right now, she might be up there. Oh, um, uh, damn it. Um, what's his name? He played, he played Dick Tracy. Yeah, there you go. Dick, yeah, right? War- Warren Beatty. Oh, okay, yeah. Warren Beatty. Yeah, he, w- he was up for the role. Uh, Paul Newman was actually up for the role as well. And another alumni of the Burton movies was up for the role. Uh, who's in every Burton movie? That's thing. Not every. I just he just said I just said he's a um uh uh guy who um shit uh he didn't he win as best supporting actor for Ed Wood was it no, him no okay no Keaton Keaton uh well I guess Keaton wasn't doing that much stuff then. yeah which I could I could see Keaton doing this and one of the rare movies that you'll actually still see the Trade Center up there a lot of movies uh de- deleted it yeah the yeah the take it out. Oh, by the way, you were correct. Yeah, that was uh, he did work on uh, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, Elfman did, okay. so that that was their first movie. Yeah, it was uh, Ed Wood uh, was their their break movie. That was his first movie. No, well, not probably, probably his first big budget movie. Well, that right? was his first movie with El- with Elfman, Elfman and oh. Burton. Yeah. What was his first movie, Tim Burton? Oh God, Burton's first movie. Yeah, probably like. Mm... One, I thought it was Pee Wee's Big Adventure because I thought, other than that, he'd just been kind of like a secondary, you know, director and 
you know, second um, second unit director and that, that kind of thing. And, or no, no, actually, no. He was with uh, Disney. He was he was Imagineer for a while. I remember that he was part of their the the animated group. Uh, I know I know he did like like the Fox and the Hound, and and he was he worked with them on those. Hmm. His first short was Vincent. The bat and the cat. No, that's not it. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I think that was his first movie. Like hmm. first, like you know, major motion picture movie. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, and definitely one of my one of my favorite movies on here. Ah, Danny DeVito, I loved him in this. Danny DeVito, and it's it's really cool when you're looking at the things that are like the technology that you can't. It's supposed to take place in the '90s when you know when the movie was filmed and released, but when you really look at it, you can't tell the age because of this clothing style. No, you really can't. The cars. If you look at the when you see the army, the army is really the nineteen fifties army. But mm-hmm. and then you look at television, the TVs, they range from like eighties looking televisions to the nineteen fifties looking television. So it's like spread out all over. So I, I I'm pretty sure that was a, on purpose to not give it a defined age. It, yeah, yeah, and he done that, and he did that in the first Batman film too. Like you couldn't tell. What era was it in? Like, it could have been set in, like, you know, the late 70s or could have been in the early 80s because the types of cars, um, that overall gothic style that he had for the city it's for, of Gotham. So it's he's done that before. Man, I forgot... Um, Hmm. He was in this movie. It's called Jay Fox? Yeah. Jay Fox. I forgot he was in that. I'm trying to remember. Somebody else was up for that role. I'm trying to remember. I read it on one of, one of my one of my research ones, and I wish I could remember now. It's not... But yeah, it was somebody else. Uh, Jay Fox wasn't, wasn't the first choice for that one. He did a TV show a while ago called Spin City. Yes. It was so funny. <laughs> so good. Because I don't think people took him, you know, he was more of the comedic guy. But when he did that show, it was a little bit more, you know, it was still comedic. But Oh, that's who it was. Alex, Co- Alex Cox. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you remember uh, Repo Man. And uh, and, and uh, Sid and Nancy, I remember. Okay, yeah. yeah, Repo Man. If you've never seen Repo Man, check that one. That's a pretty, pretty twisted one. He was the actually the one that actually was going to do the original version of this, and um, it just it just kind of fell through. He was trying to work it through uh, Orion and TriStar Pictures, and it just like over like four years, it just nothing just panned out about it. I love the sound of the of the flying saucers, by the way. 
is this? Which one? I'm trying to figure out which one. I must be going blind. Uh, this dude here. <laughs> which one? The, the, I'm just, I'm, the, uh, the, 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 the guy with the buzz cut or the one with the long yeah, hair? Yeah, who, who's the one with the buzz cut? It's yeah. Jack Black. Is that Jack Black? Yeah, yeah that's Kenny Jack Black. <laughs> wow. In fact, they didn't even get original with his with his uh, his name. They just they just called him Jack. Hey, way skinny back then. Oh no, they didn't call him Jack. Sorry, they called him Thomas, which what is which uh, which is Jack's real real name. Good old Thomas. Now what do we have here? Astounding how he looks like that. Um, this actress right here. I got. What is her name? She's been in some stuff too. She's in uh, Jackie Brown. Is that what? Well, yeah, that's her. That's her. Okay, yeah. that's uh, what's her? Jackie. That is Jackie Brown. Oh shit. Good for her. Mob bitch. Yeah, I love the reaction that uh, when she's on the bus, when she drags her kids back in there, the reaction (laughs) of everybody on there. I was like, yeah. I forgot about Jackie Brown. We should do a Tarantino movie one of these days. Definitely. I mean, they're all basically basically the same. Yeah, I, I really think that this was uh, this was his after he, I think he just got done with uh, Ed Wood, and I think this was his uh, his homage to him to to to, uh, to Plan Nine. Yeah. Uh, one of these hookers here is an ex girlfriend of Jack Nicholson's. I thought you were gonna see an ex girlfriend of yours. No. <laughs> no, you won't oh, see them in one of these movies. Okay. Will they will they be in certain types of movies? <laughs> I won't say that. I'm just asking a question. People would like to know. This podcast it has ears. Jack could have probably dated Pam all Pam Greer, that's who it is. Damn it, that was driving me out to all. That's Pam Greer, the the, the, the mother. It's Pam Greer. Yeah, that's her name. The lady, that the actress that played uh, Jackie Brown, and that was the bus driver. That's her. Yeah, Jack Nick doesn't do that much stuff anymore either. No, Both living that retirement life. Like Gene Hackman, he's still alive. He just doesn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, uh, the dog that's in here for Sarah Jessica Parker, that's actually Tim Burton's girlfriend's dog. Um, Helen, Helen Mabotnam Cartner, right? Uh, not at this time, no. I believe he was still dating uh, the other girl. Yeah, I can never remember her name. I think she's like gorgeous as all get out, but... um. I think Helen is gorgeous as well. She's got a weird look to her. She no no Lisa Marie is who I'm talking about. Uh, she uh, later in the movie she's the one that she plays. Uh, she's the one that played like the Elvira type character from in a uh, in. Uh, oh, in, oh, oh But in this one she plays uh, okay. one of the alien like when they're dressed up in like the sexy like bouffant bee hairdo and stuff. Um. Yeah. No. She's she's just drop dead gorgeous. Oh and wow! I did not know this. Another famous actor is in this that we don't even see, but his voice is heard. He's the voice of of the Martians. He does all the voices of the Martians. Uh, famous voice actor. Yeah, very famous. Don't say Peter Cullen. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you're close. So close. Is it Frank Welker? Yes. Really? Yes. Just for those, that same line over and over and over again is Frank Welker. Yep. You know, I always felt in those Transformers movies that the one thing that was missing, I mean, despite them being all, you know, except for Bumblebee being all absolute trash and other Transformers that I grew up with, is... You you missed that voice of Megatron. Yeah, like Hugo Hugo Weaving did his okay job. He wasn't great, but he wasn't but the I he wasn't Wal- the voice that needed to be. Yeah, I mean, look at they got like they were talking about Tom Hanks to be the voice of Optimus Prime, and I was like, no, uh, no, okay, no, I, no, 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 one. no. And they were like, no, we're gonna bring in Peter Cullen. I'm like, yes, I'll bring in Frank Reckle. No, no, we gotta bring in Hugo Weaving. I go, oh gosh, man, you. You hit a home run on one section, then yeah. you hit like a single on the, on the other. Well, Just... it's it's funny is is if you talk to him, um, he had to audition to play himself. They didn't like him enough for the movie, but they liked him for the video game. So if you actually go buy the video game for that movie, he's in there as Megatron. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. he wasn't good enough for the movie that was that made was uh, based I, off I of had him. That, game. <laughs> that was that was that was War of Cybertron. Yeah, that, that he was. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, it just like, to me, it just hurt my brain. I was like, okay, you have to audition for you, but you're not good enough. So you had to audition for, for your video game, you. Yeah. Did you say this is Tim Burton's dog? Uh, no, it was at least Marie's dog, his girlfriend okay, at sorry. the time. This is a pre Helena Bonham Carter. And the language that they speak was there's debate there's debate because it's actually ak 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 is a c k a c k, but there's debate that people said that it was a that something somebody had decided on it and other people are saying no 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 we didn't decide on it we just put it there as a place marker until we could figure out what they were saying, oh but they never got to that point so they just let that let it stay there. That's how I sound a lot of times when I drink an entire bottle of Jägermeister. <laughs> Probably heard that last Saturday. 
Jack Nicholson doesn't get enough credit for his comedic timing, I think. You know, he's always known as this dramatic actor, and he's great, but, you know, to do the roles you do, especially like this one, and then he did, um, he did Anger Management. I thought he was great in that movie. Oh, yeah, no, you look at his, yeah, his comedic timing in a lot of his movies, even his more serious ones, there's, there'll, there'll be some, you know, comedy in his you know the way he the way a scene is has to play out and he'll hit it every time i think probably one of the big the one scenes of his career that like always sticks out in my head is in this one where he's in the in the war room and he's yelling at the general and it's just it's just one of those really great scenes to see I got a question. Yep. What's going on in the scene here? Where she's talking to everybody? Yeah. I I think it's like a like a support group for like sci-fi or like UFO crystal kind of folks. Okay. It's what I can just I can really see. Okay. I'm just wondering. Interesting little scene. Because, I mean, they're all clapping for her, so I'm assuming that's kind of what it is. Because you okay. never really find out what she does. Yeah, it's just... Unusual. Hey! Yeah, I can't find that one. I I thought I found. I thought I could find it. Uh, nope. C- Christina Applegate there as 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 a uh, as girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. And it's like one of those ones. It's like when you watch it, she's not really in the screen that often. No, and it's kind of one of those weird ones you think. And I love I love this old lady. <laughs> she's, she's the best one. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> she's awesome. Oh <laughs> uh, God, I hope I'm like that when I get old. I, say, eh, I don't care. Well, yeah, you really never see her, you know, and this was at the kind of the, the, the pinnacle of uh, of Married with Children. Like, it's like, I think the one time you see her is like later on in the movie. There's later, a, yeah. There's like a, a, there's like a scene where you actually get a like face. You actually see a face. So, she's like, here she's covering. Go ahead. Yeah, she's. I was gonna say, uh, she's one of those actresses that you know, early in her career, you know, obviously she's very, she's very pretty, but as she's aged, she's. I think she's better looking now. Like she's really aged well. Yeah. Like she was in this movie. I think it was. Um, it was all, with all these single mothers about a holiday movie, single moms or something. I forgot what it was. You talking about ba- bad moms? Or Christmas? Yeah, I think bad it's bad. Chris- yeah, bad moms Christmas. Or yeah. The first bad moms. Yeah, she was in it. And she played like this uh, super uppity uppity type of like uh, high society girl, and then you find out what she really is. It's just hysterical. Is this old lady the same old lady that was in the Legion movie that she turned into like an an angel and started like climbing on the wall and killing people? Oh God, I don't know. I'm trying to. I don't think so. 
that scene always kind of weirded me yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I had to think because all I can remember, all I can remember is just how how she looked after she changed, not beforehand. Yeah, I just remember like, uh, hey, what do you want to eat? She was like, oh, you know, just want some, you know, eggs and, and steak. And he's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, six months from now, you're going to burn. Yeah. <laughs> the baby's going to die. And he's like, you bitch. <laughs> it just goes from there. She just starts throwing people across the room. I like that movie, Legion. That's, a, that's another underrated movie. Damn it, I wish I could remember who was supposed to play him. <laughs> Let's call her old and shit. I bet really scary when they invented the train. Like, what the fuck? Who do you think I am? I know. I want a grand. I had a grandmother like that. She passed away. She was very. Uh, to the very point. strong. Very feisty. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's what happens when you get older. You just don't give a shit. Don't no give worries. a shit. Don't yeah, you got one. You got one foot in the grave. So, like, whatever. Now, the war, like, in the real White House, this room is a lot bigger. By the way, I'm just saying, a lot bigger. They were not up for accuracy in this movie. This is Michael J. Fox before he was hit with that horrible disease. I think he had it, but it wasn't to the full effect that he has it now. They've always talked about doing a a reboot of Back to the Future, which I hope they never do. And there were talks of him being in the movie like... um. He was basically going to play the role of the father, and his son would find the DeLorean. And yeah, now let's let's hope they never, never ever do that. But never say never. Yeah, I know. I, I, hopefully, they've learned. I mean, they've seen. They're not going to learn. You know that. We 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 can sit here. We can cry to the cows, but they're going to do it. It's just a matter of when. And yes, I'm going to pre-hate it. I will hate it before the movie even gets cast. That's how much of a hatred I'm going to have for it. Man, you really can't tell what era it's in. Because it's like so many like 50s, 60s vibes. Especially with that television set. Yeah, and then you know her sitting there listening to Slim Whitman. You know, that's a you know it's another one that kind of throws it off. Uh, no, that wasn't the lady, by the way. No, okay. I always forget when it, when the cowboy comes on it that it's Jack Nicholson. He just he plays such a different character. One of the greatest actors of our generation, man. Well, not, not, our, not, yeah, say not our generation. <laughs> but, you know. He's a great actor, to say that. 
he's so wild as a cowboy. Just yeah, like it suits him. <laughs> There's Jim Brown. Good old Jim Brown. The <laughs> And this is this scene in the car is just depressing. <laughs> you know, you're right. They don't make movies like this anymore, like fun type of just silly movies. Everything has got to be so just like, you know, they bang you over the head with messages and messages and messages. Even the Joker. I love the Joker movie, but. You know, too much message. Yeah, so I can't think of any movies in recent times where. Well, let me. I take that back. I guess. Um. Uh, at the end, or this is the end. The where it's like an ensemble cast, but it's more the, the 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 Rogan, the Seth Rogan generation of actors. You know. With with that group of of actors and they, and they're all in an ensemble cast when it's just like you know stupid. I think that's the name of the movie, The End of the World or something. Not, not, not at World's End. That's uh, that's a, another one. But where it's like the apocalypse and all these actors get together and they basically are playing themselves, just like uh, exaggerated versions of themselves. Oh, that's um. Ooh, it's not. I know what you're talking about. It's not at World's End. It's like uh, yeah. No, World's End is is, is another. World's End is different. That yeah. that's uh that's the, a drinking part one. of the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah, that's 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 a great movie. Yeah. By the way. But now, yeah, that that other one, it, it's, and it's got that that group of actors. Um, that, that, they're not part of the the frat pack. They're the the next generation after that. Because you know, we all had our you know the the, the different generations. They have to call each group of uh, young actors. I love that general, man. He's the best. Yeah, he has to call his wife to, to tell tell him the good news. <laughs> so, <Look at>. this, <laughs> so this town where they're uh, where everybody's showing up at, if you see the sign as they're going in, it's uh, P- Pahrump, Nevada. And uh, for anybody that is out there that is sci-fi or conspiracy theory nuts, Parampa is the residence of Art Bell. And if nobody knows who Art Bell is, Art Bell is a coast-to-coast AM uh, radio host. And he basically did his shows based off of conspiracy and UFO sightings. And he would have so all these like scientists on to prove, you know, that 
Bigfoot was real and UFOs were real. He'd have call-ins. I know with me, I used to listen to him a couple when I would go uh, come home from band practice because he was on like at 11 o'clock, 10, 11 o'clock at night, I think. And uh, then it became uh, Art Bell's uh, Dark Matter on a Sirius XM. He's been, Art Bell's unfortunately retired and passed away now, I believe, but uh, he's he used to be like a staple for that. So this is kind of a nod to Art Bell. Were you ever a, an Art Bell aficionado? No, can't say no. that I was. Oh, dude, it's, he had some of the best guests uh, ever. Because he just, he would bring these people on, and you know by listening to him, he, you know he was thinking, you're full of shit. But he would let them go, and he would ask them serious questions. But you could just can just hear it sometimes on how he spoke. That's why when I was watching this movie and I saw the saw where he was because he Art used to like broadcast from his home. That's how you know because he he would he had some haters out there, people that were really truly after him. And uh, so it was one of those, one of the he was one of those interesting ones. If you ever find it, they I think they have some of them out there. Uh, actually, I think they have some of uh, his his old ones on uh, on a couple of podcasting channels. Guys, check him out. It, it's just some of the best stuff. I used to listen to a local channel uh, here. Used to do a wrestling show uh, Tuesdays or Wednesday nights. Or, or it, was a, it was a wrestling news show, and then right after that wrestling news show was the Art Bell. I there were times I would get home and I would stay in my car to listen to Art Bell because I had to finish hearing what he was. You know, and I'm sitting there at like eleven, eleven thirty at night. You know, I'm supposed to be getting up to go to work the next day at six, and I'm like, nope, I gotta listen. I gotta finish this. Hmm. No, never got into him too much. Ah, like I said, yeah, you got to check him out. It's, it was he's always had, was always interested. And like I said, I think it was just a very cool nod to a UFO show. And damn it, the hell is Annette? Go ahead, Annette Benning. Is that Annette Benning? Yeah, that's what I was saying when, when she was up there, and I was trying to tell you. Uh, who was supposed to play the president, that it was her husband. I think they were still married at the time. Nah, I don't like Sarah Jessica Parker. She doesn't look that hot. She looks hotter in the um, Hocus Pocus. Yeah, this one, she looks really skinny. Yeah, just, you know. Thanks, honey. Shut up. <laughs> Get lost. Go away. GNN. Yeah, whenever I've noticed when anybody on any show or movie wants to be a version of CNN, they always call them GNN. You can see it on like God. I think it's there's like. I think they're in the in the in the MCU and like in other shows and just like it's always a GNN. I was like, what? You can't say CNN. Yeah, CNN doesn't have the money, they, the clout they used to have. Yeah, I think you can get away with it. Huh. <laughs> I 
And of course, you got to have the hippies there. Always. Dirty hippies are always there. Uh, dirty hippies, yeah. This guy playing the Secretary of Defense, I guess he's like the Colin Powell yeah, of the movie. Yeah. Who is he? He's a he's somebody. He's been in a lot of different movies. Yeah, I I I think he had like a facial hair before or something. I don't know. I keep remembering uh, thinking of a, of a really low budget. Well, they were all kind of low budget. Eighties horror movie called The Stuff, which was basically oh, yeah. a movie about ki- <laughs> about Killer Milk, and I and I think he no, was in it. Was it Killer Milk or Killer Ice Cream? I thought I always thought it was Killer Ice Cream. Was it Killer Ice Cream? I thought it was Killer. Okay. When I saw the trailers for that movie, I, I was like, "What the hell is this?" And then I saw the movie, and it was just so. Stupid. Paul Winfield is who it oh, is. Paul Winfield, yep. yeah. Uh, God, he was in okay. the Next Generation, Wrath of Khan, Picket Fences. Master, what? Yeah, he was. Um, he was Chekhov's partner in the Wrath of Khan. Yep. Yeah, he was the. Yeah, he was the captain. Yeah, he was. Yep. Yeah, he, he was passed the one away that got that- uh, back two thousand four, March second or seventh, two thousand four. Yeah, you talk about a long career there. Long career. Now that's got to be CG right there with the saucer. Yeah, like I said, there there were certain points that they had to to pick up because you'll watch when like you'll still see some scenes that are are practical. Uh, if you especially like later on in the movie when. The Martians start dying. You see when they die, they like go complete rigid. And uh, I think that he he tried to stick to some still practical, but like I said, Warner Brothers was was getting a little upset that hey, you're going over budget, so let's you know let's bring it down and and just do you know stick to the CG. Because if you look at when the like the legs dropped on the ground, it didn't look like they were quite on the ground. <laughs> yeah, not quite. I love that music. Ack, ack. Yeah, the legs do look kind of fake. Yeah. See, the dog knew. Should listen to the dog. Jesus, Natalie Portman, look at that. Wow. So dirty. She went from the professional to the daughter to the daughter of the president to Mike's favorite. She's going to be the mighty Thor. Yay! <laughs> That's Captain Mike Jones. Facebook and
<laughs> now when they start killing people you notice like the the uh the uh, bodies yeah, the skeletons yeah. their different colors are red and green they they were actually supposed to be uh supposed to come out around the christmas time so that's why they kind of made them that color uh-huh. but also if you look back on one of tim burton's first movies beetlejuice in the afterlife there are red and green skeletons in the background. I think it's in um, when they go to the office and they're saying in the office, you can see in the background, there's red and green skeletons in the background. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. When they start murdering people, they just flat out murder them. Yeah. I love that sound of the other laser guns. They're all dead. Stop running. I, lo- I love I love the the death coming up here, Michael J. Fox. Oh yeah. Yeah, if you look at the guns, those are you know those guns were used back in World War Two. <laughs> for so that's again one of those other ones that just you can't tell. Oh, can't tell what error it's in. Damn. <laughs> I love those skeletons. They're just... Go get him, Jack. Man, the special effects had to cost a lot for that. Yep, that's right. Your own son got fried. Yeah, that's one of those scenes. Like, man, you actually act, to actually see that live. You can't kill Marty McFly. No, they they killed Marty McFly. Ah. Uh. Ha 
Yep, that's why we don't want aliens to come over, man. I just love the... You know, every time I see this scene, I, I think of... You know, the movie we were talking about earlier, Independence Day? Yeah. How, like, when they're, like, the ships are surrounding the Earth, and they're, like, think... And there's this, um... There's this stripper, I believe, and she's a white girl, and they're like, where are you going? And they're like, oh, we're gonna welcome the aliens here. And she has, like, a big old sign, goes with a group of her friends to the top of the tower... Yeah. It's like, and the, the sign's like, welcome aliens. Like, look, it's going to happen. And the and the, uh, the giant saucer opens the middle of it. And they're thinking, yeah, they're going to welcome us. And it just blows them all to hell. <laughs> and the building, too. I love the general. I'm sorry. He's I so love funny. him. I love him. He is great, dude. He is, <laughs> he is the best part of this. Just his reaction. He wants to, he wanted to smack Martin short. General's great, dude. He is. He is. He's the best. He's always going. On. His facial expressions. I like how he has. Uh, he's holding up a folder. Says presidential statement. Like it's already pre-made. Talks of Pierce Brosnan appearing in the Batman as Alfred. I wouldn't mind that. Can't believe he's at that age where he can be that old and be an Alfred now. Really? Yeah. Huh. I wouldn't mind it. I don't know. I, I I can't take Bond as a as a as a serpent. Well, Timothy Dalton plays Chief now, so which is kind of. Well, Chief Chief's more. Go get her. I like the mischief. Season two coming next year, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not that far off for season two. Trying to get along with them, Jack. They just killed people. Moron. <laughs> this pool here that uh, where Jack Nicholson's at. 
reminds me of the uh, of Lex Luthor's layer in Superman with the pool and and the and the oh the, the yeah the um just it just reminds me of that of the of his layer inside inside the subway train or subway tunnels which is yeah the that was a cool ass layer yeah. yeah it was like right below the train tracks or something and somehow had water and ventilation and. Zach is probably eating it up playing this cowboy. Oh yeah. Just just go go crazy, you know? Yeah. That's what he did as a joker. And then everybody decided to copy him from every Batman forward. Like Tommy Lee Jones, he was two faced for like two seconds in Batman Forever. Yeah. Then he turned into That's- and then he turned to to one face, because <laughs> he was like there was no duality in him. He, no. was, he was crazy. I remember when I was watching the beginning of that movie, and he was rocking that monologue, that speech. He's like, you know, do I do it? Like, is it one side or the next side? One side or the next side? I'm like, oh shit, this is gonna be dope. But they finally got Harvey Dent down, and then once he says luck, the movie's fucked. Yep. That, that's just, that's what I was like. Oh, okay. We're done here. The unbelievable. That's why right. I mean, you got to get somebody state. like I know we were talking about uh, Doom Patrol earlier, but you you got to get a an actor that can handle jumping back and forth like the the girl that does uh, Crazy Jane. Oh, she's. I mean, she's, she's fucking amazing. She's amazing. Oh, you see how quickly she jumps from personality to personality, and you can literally see that change. Not not the special effects change that they do, but you can see. A change in her, her her tone, her, her even yeah. her facial, it just just changes so much. And if you get somebody like that, you don't need obviously you don't need to do the facial changes, but you need that personality no. change inside. Exactly. Exactly. There's a um, there's a show on BBC. It's called Orphan Black. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's basically a show about like where one actress plays like eight different versions of herself because she's like cloned eight different eight different times. And she has, like, of course, like eight different personalities she has to act through. Like, one of them's emo, one of them's a cowgirl, one of them's like a. It's, it's really good. And she's great. And I forgot her name, but she's phenomenal. Orphan Black Kids. I think it's a small series. It's like always a mini series on yeah. BBC. They don't, they don't do 22 episodes. They do like six. What about that? What was it? The, uh, the, I think it was Netflix that ran. Uh, what about Monday? Uh, same thing. Same one actor. Uh, I haven't, haven't seen that. I haven't oh, you have. Oh, man, you have got. No. To, if anybody has not yet, it's still out on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. And um, but yeah, it's a it's these three girls. I guess the world is has said, you know, you can't have any more children. But this scientist basically cloned one girl, his daughter, but he cloned her seven times. And each one is named Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And they each day so like monday goes out and does goes out and had she her day out is monday so she goes out and has this life and then when she comes back she has to tell all of them this is what happened today so then when tuesday goes out the girl tuesday she can pick up and act like she's the other girl and it's so she goes has you know every day of the week but at the same time they each have their own personality quirks Hmm. yeah it was a very, it was one of those ones that just kind of, just like kind of slid by, and uh, not a lot of people caught it. I'll have to check that out. 
or what happened to Monday. Sorry, it's not what about Monday. It's what happened to Monday. It's got a like a William Defoe, uh, Naomi Passy. Uh, she was uh, the girl that was uh, the, in the uh, the Millennium series. The uh, the girl with the dragon tattoos and the dr- girl who played with fire. She was uh, in those and also a uh, Prometheus. But uh, yeah, no, it's definitely a really good actress, and that that one shows you a good way of actually trying to do a, a multiple personality with one actor. Even even when you look at back at uh, Christopher Reeves and Superman, yeah, he's yeah, just, he was. It, yes, it was a pair of glasses and a suit, but you saw his body language change when he was Superman or vice versa. And his mannerisms too, like when he's more Clark, he's more like clumsy, innocent. Like he's he likes pretending that it isn't always going on. But he's Superman, he's more confident. Like, and you could see his aura. Like he's friendly. You know, not that he's not friendly as Clark, but he just has that aura about him. You know, if you if, if you're Superman, you gotta have an aura about you. No applause, no birds. <laughs> That's great. No applause, no birds. Ah, uh, what's happening here now? Hmm. Can you imagine if they tried to do like a serious version of this movie? This wouldn't work. I mean, it, they kind of did. I mean, with Independence Day, we're not going to talk about the sequel, but the first uh, one, you know, was uh, was basically the same, you know, the same story. Minus the thing that killed him off. Yep, Norton antivirus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that sequel. Yeah, that was rough. I I tried to rewatch it. I I, I had one of I, I had one of my moments. In the, did you go with us to the theater on that one? No, I didn't. No, okay, I think that me. was too. Okay, I know, I know, uh, no, our regular, my regular go to was there with me, and then I think there was somebody else. I think Bobby was there, and and I literally I walked out. I was mad, like mad, mad. <laughs> They're like, it wasn't that bad. I, are you are you kidding me? What when they. It, Spoilers, folks. If nobody has seen the sequel to Independence Day, they don't, don't, don't watch it. <laughs> don't. But, <laughs> but the, the 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 climactic finale, the the final battle, is they merge all the aliens into one. This mega alien. I was like, what, did we just see Jurassic or no, what was it? Was it like uh, the Power Rangers meets uh, meets Godzilla? It, it was just horrible. It was the dumbest. I think I knew the movie was awful when they had, you know, the giant Siri robot in the beginning. I'm like, what is this? Now you have a Siri robot and now you have the guts to freaking kill off one of the main people. And then you have the, the gall to set up sequels. I was like, yeah. oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. 
then how, still then out how there. The pre- then how the president was like turned into a whack job. I'm like, you know. Oh, that uh, that was the worst <laughs> part. That was the worst part. And then you have the guts to kill him. Yeah. When he says the speech and oh. he died, I was like, no, man, this is terrible. Oh, the old lady, she just laughed when they killed Congress. That was that's great. <laughs> <laughs> They blew up Congress. Congress. Sure, we all wish we could do that nowadays. And then we go to the war room. I love this. I said the war room to me just makes me feel, just reminds me so much of Dr. Strangelove. Classic. Yeah, if anybody out there has never seen Doctor Strange, do yourself a favor. It's it actually it, it works to even today. It, it is very heavy in the sixties anti culture, but it it works. Now, don't be afraid. It isn't black and white. Yeah, don't be scared. Black and white won't hurt you. I love this general Decker. <laughs> this is good. This is this he, is an Oscar-winning scene right here for both of them. Gotta nuke him! Gotta nuke him now! <laughs> Annihilate! Kill! But just just that scene between both of them. They're Jesus, just Jesus, so great. You know what? He's my favorite actor now. He he probably passed, but he looks like a little older. But if I could just cut his scenes and put him into like a, a <laughs> mod, go back, for the, go back for the clipboard. Oh, oh, I have to. I believe if you have Final Cut Pro, you can do. You have to kill. You have to annihilate. <laughs> See, this is a general we need nowadays. Someone with balls. Yeah, Rod, Rod Steger. Yeah, he passed away in 2002. <laughs> I just love his, his mannerisms are so good. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> I have to I have to study this guy. This is my Halloween costume next year. Wow, he was actually up for the role of Patton. He was given the role of Patton. Really? But he turned it down because he didn't want to glorify war. So it was given to George C. Scott. I can definitely see that. I he, I can see Patton right there. Well, Patton's another just fucking powerful yeah. movie. But I think the best performance was in Patton, even though he won the Oscar, was when he was um, Ebenezer Scrooge. I thought he was great in that movie. You ever seen that movie? Um, I forgot what it was called. I think I have because I vaguely remember him playing Scrooge. It's like a more... It's, it's a more... Se- it's a it's it's a more serious type of one, and it's so good that he's an absolute just freaking dick, and then when he turns, 
orange. I was like, oh, email. Okay. I love Jack. I don't like. That's freaky. I wonder who would win the fight, these aliens or the Ewoks? Well, these aliens, they don't give two shits. I don't know, man. The Ewoks are pretty resourceful. Now, if you get them on the ground and the in the forest moon of Endor, dude, I think the Ewoks got a chance. See, there's a chance. All right, now this, is that? that is Lisa Marie. Okay. I thought I saw something in the background that was weird. Oh. But like Pennywise. Oh. <laughs> on the ship. All right, go ahead. Uh, the uh, girl coming up here, the one that uh, Martin Short picks up, this is Lisa Marie. She is. She never blinks. It's freaky looking. In the character, when she's in character, and that costume is real. She had to be sewn into it every day. There's no zippers, there's no buttons. There's just her getting sewn into it. She also uh, played in Sleepy Hollow. She was the girl that played uh, Ebenezer, or not Ebenezer, we were talking about Scrooge. Uh, Crossover! Yeah, she played, she played uh, Ichabod, Crane's mother, in the in his flashbacks. That, uh, she, so there was at least one movie about uh, Burton's uh, ex and his future were in together. And this, and this next one is so creepy when she, like, creeps up on him, walks faster. It's the creepiest yeah, fucking thing I've ever seen. It's the way she sways. Yeah. That's that, that's freaky. Ooh. <laughs> that yeah, when she's that is, that was a freaky <laughs> thing. Ooh. I could do without the naked aliens, man. Why well, they gotta be in their undies? That's like, come on. And, and a nod to Batman for you. Oh God. Wait, even the way she walks, man, with that sway, it's just creepy. Very, yeah, it is a nod to Batman. Very nice. You know, I've been looking for that bust thing to put in my. Collectible bat cave for a while, and, I, and I, I think I found it online, but it's like eighty bucks. Oh yeah, it's worth it, man. If you want it, you know. I do want it. I do. 
I've been trying to recreate this bat cave for like four years now. Now, when you look at the uh, the fish in the tank, there's a it's not a nod because this movie didn't come out yet, but you'll actually see Nemo, Gil, Dory, yeah, yeah, and I did, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's just happens. It's probably just happens to be that they're the most colorful fish. But I think it's just like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's like happenstance. Right? They are all in there. Um, so yeah, that's, I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, wait a second, a are they prelude to Nemo? creepy, 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 creepy. Is a little bit off about a girl who walks like that? I'm running. Teach <laughs> you to put the, put your finger in somebody's mouth. Look at that, Jesus! What happens there, Martin? And then the creepy walks back. Oh, man. Frightening. I'm trying to remember what Lisa Marie's been doing lately. She's still, I think she does like some burlesque stuff. I'd be older now. Uh, she she is older, but still has not lost anything. What is her last name? Marie. Her her name is Lisa Marie. Silent Night, we're still here. Yeah, it looks like she does a lot of like kind of B movies. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, they were still together during this actually. Yeah, it was uh, uh during uh, Planet of the Apes when they separated. Yeah, she does modeling so, and stuff, but yeah, just watch else. Pretty too. Yeah, like I said, yeah, I mean, she is very gorgeous woman. No, like not taking anything from uh, you know Helena Bonham, but you know, 
she's 50 years old. Yeah. So, so looks good. She, she could definitely be, you know, if you want to say anything of our generation, she could definitely be, you know, kind of the, the Elvira, how, you know, even Elvira now to this day, still, you know, still looks amazing. <laughs> so how, how I was telling you that you know this was originally a Topps series of trading cards. That is how Burton sold it to WB as he brought in a bunch of the the trading cards so they could see what the concept was behind it, what they're what they're going to look like. You know, he didn't have to do any you know storyboard. It was all right there in the cards. Oh, shit's getting serious now. They're pissed. Love that sound, man. I don't know who the sound editor in this movie is, but the sound of the flying saucer is just on point. They don't sound too stupid. You're fucked. <laughs> One of the best lines in that movie. Sorry, it's a tour going through here. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I think one of my favorite scenes in this is coming up. It's when they uh, they go after the the Washington Monument and they. Uh, they oh, keep, yeah. they keep bumping it around to to try to land on the <laughs> land on the Boy Scouts.
Can't kill Natalie Portman, man. Come on. Yeah, this movie uh, was a flop, by the way. When the uh, when it came I, I, out. I, I was just gonna ask if it made its money back. Uh, earned, uh, let's see here, earned thirty seven point seven million in its North American run. Um, that's it. Ooh. Yeah, it, it's kind of tough because yeah, the opening weekend was in comp- uh, competition with uh, Jerry Maguire, uh, the Preacher's Wife. 101 Dalmatians, Star Trek, First Contact, and A Ransom. So there was a lot of competition for it uh, during that week. Uh, the following week would be the release of Be With Some Butthead to America. Um, and uh, and it, it's, I think probably one of the funniest quotes that Roger Ebert uh, suggested, a movie like this should be a lot better or a lot worse. Yeah, uh, it's just it's over time. It's just become you know a cult following. Sometimes you're just not ready for those type of movies. No, there's yeah, there's uh, those moments. You know, people do say that you know somebody's ahead of their time, and that's this is one of those ones that when you really look back at it, it does become a you know satire of you know become satirical of the time and, and yeah, yeah. Now, this is actually a real-life destruction of this, this casino. Yeah, because um, they were, they were like, I think they built a new one in its place. It was, yeah. it was bound to happen. It was like, yeah, but this one, though, this one is, uh, it was called The Landmark. And uh, it was once owned by well, the one and only Howard Hughes. And actually, honestly, the reason it was destroyed, it was the expansion parking lot for the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center. Ah. And ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tom Jones. Tim Burton went to him and asked directly, would you you be in our movie? He went backstage to one of his Las Vegas shows and asked him. And... Mr. Tom Jones, being the man he is, said yes. She's a lady! And those are actually his backup singers, too. Those aren't uh, stand-ins. Or extras. I love Tom, man. Oh, yeah. No, Tom's a man. I'm sorry. Tom is the fucking man, dude. No doubt. Even today, still, I mean, if you ever watch, like, I I catch him every once in a while on, uh, was it The Voice for British The Voice or something like that? He's fucking amazing. He still gets up there and kills it. His voice is just on point to this day. He's a grandpappy, too. Oh, you look at I swear to God, I joked with somebody. I was like, man, he's getting darker and darker. Like, <laughs> He's got that reverse Benjamin Button shit going well, on. He's, when I first saw him, I know. I mean, no offense to anybody, guys. Uh, you can send this stuff to a Michael Jones at, <laughs> at here'sasylum.com. But when I saw him on The Voice, I didn't know who he was. He is skinned color he was so dark i thought i thought he was a black a black singer and then they kept calling him tom and tom and i'm like and i had a like second look i'm like holy crap that's tom jones because he's gone all white but his skin tone is 
extremely dark. Tom Jones is 79 years mm -hmm. old. Woohoo! Still going. Still going, man. Which means he was what, in the 60s here? No, almost mm -hmm. almost 60s, mid mid 50s. Hey, age is just a number. When you look back at what what we grew up on in the in the nineties and uh, you know the early two thousands with uh, Mae Young and Moolah from wrestling, uh, those women were in their seventies and taking bumps. So yeah, the age is just a number, folks. <laughs> True that, man. Sorry, I threw a wrestling coat in there. But... It's all good. I, don't know, I dig it. <laughs> I love it. Danny DeVito doing his best Tom Jones. That's <laughs> Damn. Now this is the part where Jim Brown is going to become Jim Brown. Yeah. He's going to start kicking some ass. Well, there's a, there's another scene later, yeah, where, where Jim Brown definitely shows it. <laughs> I love Tom. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> He's just flawless. It's just seamless. It's it, you don't even know it's Tom Jones. He's like, hey man, you got a fly plane? Yeah, I can do it. Yeah. That's all practical, right there, by the way. Some CG, but most. And I love the scene now, where, where the aliens walking around with the translator. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what a that's, dick. That's that's just. <laughs> <laughs> Could you forget about Burton's? I mean, I know he Burton didn't write this; he directed it. But I mean, you forget about some of Burton's comedic timing could be, because everybody knows him as the as the macabre. You know, he's going to do the dark and the goofy, but not like straight just humor. You forget about it. But the thing about his humor, it's it's not forced. It's kind of very, like you said, it's very subtle. Subtle, it's subtle. Like you don't, you don't where, where did the translator go? Oh, they're walking around being assholes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, they're being dicks, dude. They're like, yeah, ah, uh, you can't blow up a donut place. Every Oviedo cop just started to cry. Yeah, I thought that was funny. It's again one of those funny in, in yeah, jokes. You saw, all a, you see running out of the donut shop are cops. You don't you don't see the the lady that would work there, the Spanish lady that the kid was talking to earlier. <laughs> wow, man, you you just threw the Oviedo Police Department under the bus again. Thanatos yeah. Kane, Heroes Asylum dot com. Uh, you guys know his license plate number. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, no, you don't, because I changed it since last time. So fuck off. <laughs> I'm Ubering wherever I go, so you can leave me the hell alone. Don't need to go there. Uh, Maurice. <laughs> Get out, Maurice. I want a room just like this, a big old room where it's just like, you know, makes no complete sense to my house. Like where a, I have like a little box. Yeah, like a war room. It, like it, it makes no complete sense. It has like in the background with a giant, you know, globe. And I have like saucers and I have this gigantic map in the middle. Uh, 
<laughs> I like how the Eiffel Tower just. Mondo. I have a news. I have negotiated the settlement. <laughs> oh, the French. I like how I didn't like that call wasn't to the Russians because the Russians, they wouldn't take that shit. They wouldn't even be in the room. Yes, I'm learning Russian. For our Russian viewers, if you'd like to send me some of that black label, black vodka from Russia, then it's to Kane at theheroesofsalem.com. Here he is. Here's our boy. <laughs> I love him, man. I love him. He's he's I'm glad I'm watching this again. He is his screen time is so small, but it's impactful. I love him, dude. He's like, the looks on his face is like, whatever. I think I'd have to agree. This movie was way ahead of his time, man. People just didn't know what to make. This is great. Oh, one of my favorite scenes. This is great. This is great. Nuclear missile, they just dude. That is, dude, that is great. <laughs> you know, that's like the ultimate fuck you, too. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you shoot a nuclear missile, they suck it up, and a guy just smokes up his weed and he spits it out. like, whatever. <laughs> while we're bullshitting um the special effects are pretty good like i mean you could see like some of it's kind of fakey but but again like like you know that quote that i said about from roger ebert it, it should have been a lot better or a lot worse you know you, you, you probably yeah. go worse on it again he's just coming off of his edward kick 
it probably and and everybody a lot of people at that time at that time I know a lot of my friends were really into finding that old vintage stuff and I think if he would have done a more vintage look I know this is heavily vintage because even when you watch some of these battle scenes that are coming up it's all cut stock footage like when when you see them going around the world destroying all the all our, our historical things you'll see pic- pictures like you, you got these Indian people coming up and then you'll see other clips those are all stock footage like ed wood used to do mm-hmm. and it's uh, like I said, and, but, and it works too yeah. yeah it works i mean like you see like these kids running around and then the tower getting toppled over it's that's easter probably, island right here yeah. that's great like they, to, just, like they just see, threw a bowling ball that's just great you know you, that's the ultimate humiliation then they, right then he, go, he goes so so obnoxious that, that he's using stock footage he throws fucking godzilla in you know, so it's it makes no sense. So, like the whole Ebert thing of either go good or go worse, you know, go better or go worse is is really I I, I do see that that mindset. Me too. He should he should have just gone all the just way, just gone full cheese, wrote it out. You know, now this is which which Godzilla is this? I can't tell. I know it's like obviously it's in color, so it's and I don't know if maybe it's something that they like. Whatever just, it was Godzilla was it Godzilla nineteen eighty five? I don't know. You know, he jumps to the Dukes of Hazards. Warning <laughs> <laughs> the aliens. And again, this is where this is the one scene that I, I realized that, that was Christine Applegate. Because yeah, you actually get it. you actually get to see her face. American hero. He did all he did was put up a parking decal up. That's it. <laughs> he didn't do shit. He never even shot a gun. He held a flag. He was burned to no, death. He, he shot. He shot three bullets. I think. Three. three no, bullets. no bullet. Yep. Dude, that that ro- that robot there. That is a high love. That. that that. Oh my god! I gotta I gotta tell you the story of that robot because I had that robot. That robot in my block in New Jersey when I was growing up, Jersey City. I got that for Christmas one year, and that robot became like it got passed around the entire building. Like I traded it for something, and then somebody else traded it for something, and eventually I got that robot back. So when I see that robot, I mean it doesn't look exactly like that, but it's very similar. Yeah, the, I think the head head on it was a little was a little different. Yeah, I, so you know I what I'm remember, talking. Yeah, I remember that one because obviously you yeah. got the robot before this movie came out. So yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe I got it after too. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> just, just saying. eBay. Tom Jones. I love Tom. I love Devito, man. You know, people shit on him for his penguin portrayal, but I kind of dug it. No, I dug it. Honestly, with the, the portrayal I see him playing right here, uh, I think you mentioned it uh, a couple a couple episodes ago. Uh, one of the Star Wars ones was a, a um, Romance in the Stones. Yeah, that's what that's what yes. he's playing right now. He's playing that slimeball character from that, and he even has the same outfit. Yeah, pretty much the same freaking outfit. Yeah, except maybe I don't think his shirt was that shiny, but no, yeah, no, but no, the, no. the hat, the jacket, it's. Wow, I forgot about that movie too. That was a good point.
Yeah, I see you. Poor Danny. Horrible way to go. He's fantastic on uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, I never have gotten a chance to watch that. I, I always hear hear great things about it. I just too many uh, today today in time uh, today's time you too many things to watch. It's <laughs> it's, it's, too, it's like a little crazy. Yeah, just a little. It's that robot again. Yeah, and again, great, great special effects on that one. You know, that's that looks yeah amazing. This one looks really good. The flying saucer when it landed, not so much. This, yeah, yes. well, it, like it was just that first landing. I don't know if it's just like you know, optical no, illusion or it, something. Well, it just looked weird, like it didn't quite touch well, down. When they panned around to it, like the second time, you actually see the legs could look kind of fake. Yeah. I don't know who this actor is right here. Probably nobody. Now, why are you going to kill the old people, man? I wouldn't even touch the old folks there. But you got to get there to get to the end. What the? the? What is that? What the hell is that? What, the, the, the gun? No, is that a gun? What, the one that the aliens are driving? No, the, the, he was, is that what it was? Like a giant gun they were riding yeah, on? Yeah, Okay, okay. Because you'll see it here in a second. You'll see. Uh, okay. Is that it? I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah, you'll see him pull it in because you'll, you'll see it tr slowly aiming it at the old lady's head. <laughs> I love that fucking holy <laughs> skeleton on a on oh, fire. Oh, <laughs> that's that gun is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now this is where the controversy of this movie comes into play yep that Howard Stern in the 80s when he was with WNBC BC had a skit Called Slim Pickens versus the Aliens or something along those lines. I'm trying to find the right name for it. And basically, it was just kind of the same concept that these aliens invaded, and the only way to destroy them was through Slim Pickens music. And it uh, it wasn't it wasn't a big hot button, but. Uh, Stern did make a you know, comment about it. He's like, you know, when he when he got a chance to actually see it, went to or went to the theaters to see it. He's like, that's real close to what he had. It was, yeah, the skit was uh back in the eighties. Uh, Stern did a bit on WNBC BC. called Slim Whitman versus the Midget Aliens from Mars. And you guessed it involves Slim Whitman's music being used to ward off the aliens after. So after seeing his Mars attack, he was taken back about it, and and uh, didn't follow up and didn't go you know after it. He's like just said it freaked him out, uh, and it Stern didn't buy like you know Robin's like oh it's just you know coincidental I guess, but it just was too coincidental. 
but uh, he he never like took lawsuit or, or any action like that. Just just thought it was very weird to have the similarities. And actually, it's I don't want to call it funny, but after this movie, <laughs> the way he goes, the way he goes is just so bad. <laughs> but he's still going out fighting. He's talking shit to. Yep. But uh, with this movie, this movie became so connected to Slim Pickens that actually when he passed away, he, in a lot of the newspaper clippings, it was referred to that he was the music to this. So I guess for the generational gap, because a lot of people wouldn't know who Slim Pickens was, uh, that was the way of, hey, remember Mars Attacks, the guy that did them, you know, the guy that was a singer, then he became synonymous with this movie. You know, they became, went hand, hand in hand. Ah, killed flat top. Ack, ack. See, Jack should have went, like, for more bird over the cuckoo's nest in this scene. See, he was, I thought that's, that's, that's where he was going. Honestly, I, I I was hoping I thought he should have gone more uh, witches of Eastwick. Oh yeah, where he like where he like puts the hair up and the, the, he goes into the crazy hair. Oh man, that's, that would be good. That's, <laughs> you know what? I take that back. I rescind that. Green skeletons. That's great. I gotta watch that movie again. It's been years since I've seen that. Yeah, movie. That is I was thinking such a great movie. I think we brought it that up a couple. We did. We did. We did. Ago. Oh, he feel like he was, he was feeling it for a minute. Pulled the old Rodney King thing out. Come on, Jack. <laughs> what a horrible way to go. And we got more destruction. 
These guns are just fucking shit up. Let's kill them all with the music. Well, there goes the plane. Oh, they got another one. Okay. Tom Jones can fly a Cessna? Hey, why not? So this uh, this movie may not do great on say, or sales, you know, in the box office, but it did end up getting uh, award nominations. No Oscars, unfortunately. Uh, the Saturn Awards. Uh, they created it uh, to honor outstanding accomplishments in science fiction, horror, and fantasy. Nominated it for seven awards, uh, including Best uh, Science Fiction Film, Best Director, and Best Special Effects. It won one award, uh, allowing Danny Elfman to take home the Best Music Prize. Uh, the Directors Guild nominated the movie for Excellent Production Design and the Hugo Award, which also nominate, uh, is for uh, sci-fi. Maybe it's one of the uh, contenders for best dramatic presentation. Hmm. And topping it off uh, was an MTV Movie Award nomination for a scene that's getting ready to come up here for best fight category for the brawl between oh. Jim Brown and the alien. Right, he's the champion of the world. Oh, right, man. He's like, hey, let's go. Did he say clown outfits? Uh-huh. <laughs> Look at that. He's. <laughs> <laughs> and leave it to Tom Jones to escape with two women. It's Tom Jones, man. She's a lady. Oh, 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 she's a lady. Now, how come one of the aliens didn't pick up the laser gun to shoot him? He's He's messing people up. You have a laser. You could have burned him alive. Did they all throw their lasers down? Is that what happened? Yeah, looks that way. I like, like they they give them little jabs and it's not doing anything. See, Tim misses a he missed a perfect opportunity here. He should have played some Tom Jones. 
Like, do you want to hear some songs on the radio? And that song pops up. She's a lady. <laughs> I miss boom boxes like that. I saw one online for eBay. It's like it's going for like almost four hundred dollars. I'm like, nah, <laughs> don't miss it that bad. Now if it was like, you know, I pay fifty for it. Cause that's like the original price. It was like fifty. Dead. Like I said, the sound of the saucers is so good. I know I keep repeating myself. And of course, the dog with the chick rabbits. This is frightening. Two severed heads talking to each other. That's a cool shot. How the rebuilding begins. Of course, uh, the gopher. Tortoise. You know I had a turtle as a pet one time? I don't think I told you about that. And here's the funny thing. You, and don't laugh. All right? Do not laugh. The turtle ran away. I said don't laugh. Not laughing. I'm being dead serious. The turtle, one day I came home from school, and it was gone. Did you check down the block? Dude, it was gone. It was gone. I don't know what happened. I, I think I left my my window open, and he flew away. And um, dude, I don't know. Like I'm, it just left. We had a house. I had it in there, and it looked like a little kid, little nothing, little like a like a like a tank. And I got home, and it was gone. I looked under my bed closet. It was just gone. 
It's not a joke, folks. Thanatos Kane at TheHeroAsylum.com. Talk to me about it. We can meditate. Maybe we can commiserate and turtles running away. If we need to, we'll start a GoFundMe to get him a, a, a new turtle. Yeah, yeah, man. We don't have a mascot yet, so. See, a mariachi band survives anything. Of course, because they're always the first ones to run away when something bad happens. You ever wow. seen a good Western? Never see the band playing. Nope. Like- Although the so band from the- Titanic, they stick around. They they <laughs> stuck around to the end. They didn't. So I guess she's the president by default? Yeah, I guess. Well, <laughs> well all of Congress is- died. All of the Senate died. So is that like the chain of command? If Congress is dead, the president's dead, I vice president's know. dead? I mean, and I- the only thing is left is like the, the, the first daughter and then. I guess. I mean, I only know up to like when when the, when they all die up up to like the the Department of uh, Education, you know, the Secretary of Education from Battlestar oh. Galactica. That's all I got. That's that's hey. where my knowledge stops. Yeah. <laughs> this guy looks like a Treyu, doesn't he? Uh, a little. I've seen him in other things. Not that he's never really took off. He's always played that that character, that kind of squirrely little guy. Did his mom and dad die? Because we don't see them after yeah. he leaves. No, you remember the, the, we'll remember the thing picked up their trailer and smashed it together with another trailer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So yes, yeah, so all he's got is got is grandma and uh, the the first yep. kid or whatever you want to say, you know, because you know, typical Natalie Portman, you know, fashion. She's hitting on a uh, she's hitting on some young kid. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a little bit after the professional, I think before the prequels. That's what I'm thinking this time range because this is 96. Yeah, so the prequels would start next year. Yeah. Or is it 98? Mm, I, don't, I don't remember when they started. No, this guy's still going pretty strong. Is he? A lot of movies I recognize. Well, he's he's still in work, so. Yeah, you know, definitely. So he was in so, he was in Inception well, he, as Nash. Really? Yeah. It's like Lincoln. He was like the first white soldier. I don't know what that means. That's kind of you know, that, racist. I'll tell you what, that that's one. If they um, <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, he was in uh, Justice League. Um, Movie or the TV series he played, a, he was a private. So yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It, and not, not not a lot of big roles. So, but yeah, I think uh, Inception was probably like his last big one. All right, folks. Well, there we go. Mars attacks. Mars attacks. I gotta say. Second viewing of Mars Attacks is um, I dug it, like I really dug it. Like um, there's some stuff in there that I didn't realize was in there. Like the general is like my favorite part of this movie now. Like I, I seriously want to go back and collect just clips of him. That's all I want, and and create my own little weird movie of him because he's just to me he just steals the entire movie. Annihilation, 
Die! Yeah. Kill! Kill! Bob! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, lot of, lot of things in there. It's one of those movies you, you, you forget because you just, there's no reason to watch, you know, like you have certain movies that they have a tradition of watching. Mm. Mars Attacks falls under that kind of that Halloween theme style, but it really doesn't at the same time. But it's just, you look at the, the cast of characters, the, the acting, the, the, the tongue in cheek that they have, it just, it covers everything. And of course, you know, yeah, you know, it's it's classic Tim Burton, and and I've said it before, you know, is it's his direct nod to to Ed Wood. It's it's just so good. Like I like like you said before, I think this movie came out way ahead of its time, way ahead of its time. Like if you released that movie today, far different response. Because today we're all about yearning for yesteryear. Excuse me, and a, a movie like this will definitely work, and. Especially with, te- I think the technology today could definitely clean it up too. Like, there's some sp- spots in this movie that are really good, and then there's some spots in this movie that are like, eh. Yeah, but almost, do you want to clean it up or do you want to keep it bad? Because it's. See, I don't know. What was that? What was that quote by Ebert again? Like, yeah. you either go really good or really bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's what yeah you just you you have to make that decision. It's just, so do you want to go worse in in the in the special effects because you think you think what happened with like. Uh, the uh, Sharknado movies, yeah, they're not great as far as like sales. People aren't wouldn't go out to see them in the movies, but they're fun camp, and that's bad. I mean, that's really bad. Hey, I am zeroing got the role of Blue Devil because of that series, yeah, which it's, is which is insane. But I also they, think I don't think that that movie, this movie, would be able to to exist now because of movies like that already. With uh, what, what's, what's that movie yeah. company? Um, the, the Asylum. They uh, they all they do is they is whenever a big movie's coming out, is they make a bad knockoff and get it out. They make the parodies. Do, yeah, yeah, they make the parodies okay. or the bad version of it. Um, but we don't have enough of those parody movies anymore. Which is like we used to get them all the time. We well, used to get like um, what was it? Uh, there was the ripoff of the Spartan uh, three hundred. It was called the Spartans. There was the uh. There was Hot Shots. That was a spoof movie. There was yeah. Airplane. Um, there, was, there was a ton of them. I mean, a scary movie um, was was one. There's like a, a ton. I mean, we should really go into spoof movies because spoof movies are like one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I watched Airplane like two weeks ago, and I think I texted you about it. I was like, wow, this is this still <laughs> up. Like, if they ever try to like, like recreate that movie, it just wouldn't work. You, you can't it, because of, because of the. The culture now, the the, the oversensitivity. I mean, a, a scene yeah. of, of June Cleaver talking jive. Chump don't want no Which help. Was Chump don't get no help. You're yeah, not going to get <laughs> You're never going to get that again. You know? Touche, my Joe. Touche, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I mean, just the fact of seeing that, you know, you don't have a, a June Cleaver anymore, you know, um, and I just think that that's that's well, you what you if you wanted to, you could do like a Martha Stewart. She's like a whole. Well, actually, she's not. Man. You I could, yeah. You, I mean, yeah. She kind of she she's got real street cred, so that that really. Yeah. And I and I think it's something that's, uh, that it was brought up a couple of weeks ago that uh, especially after the the rundown of um, Dave Chappelle and his comedy, you know, he made a crack. You know, there was you know a lot of people got upset about some of the stuff he said, but he's the PC culture is killing comedy. Comedy can't be what it is. I, I I know me growing up, you grew up at the same time. Uh, like you talk about like Married with Children or Archie Bunker. We made fun of everybody. Every even me, even a white person got you know p- 
picked on. Uh, so it was. It's one of those things that we're missing in comedy, and and it, it'll it'll come back around. I think. I think it'll come back. It's always like a trend. Like somebody's gonna make it come back because it's it's not gonna last forever like this. It, no, it can't because it can't, no. you can't when you do when you do comedy or any kind of like movies like this. You cannot be so restricted that you have to worry about what everybody else is thinking. You can't. You just do it and release it. Yep. And then go from there. This, yeah. you know. But, but yeah, movies like this, a are lot good. of times you're gonna get you're gonna get the un- independent guys. That's gonna be really where you're gonna see it at because you can't have big backup of a of a major corporation behind you. You can't have a Disney. You can't have a you know no a, no, a Universal. no no But I think you're spot on. It'll will be a, it'll it'll definitely be like an independent company that'll bring this stuff back. It'll be like one movie that'll be released for like a low budget, like kind of like Clark's was when Clark's was released. It was so different, and then you know Kevin Smith kind of built a career off that. Yep. So I think if we're if we're gonna go into this new direction, hopefully bringing some of this stuff back, you know, with added new flavor, that you you got to go independent first. It's gonna get the word of mouth, and plus nowadays you have a lot more platforms to release that stuff on, a lot more. So it can get out to the audiences, you know, fairly quickly now. So it, it doesn't have to take like two or three years before you find a movie that oh hey it was made ahead of its time. You can get on like very quickly now. Like you can make a movie on YouTube, like a ten minute short, and put it on there. Yeah. There's like the the platforms like we have so many available systems out there that we can just release it so fast to the audiences. It's just it's gonna make it a lot easier. But the thing about it is, who's gonna take that step and who's gonna do it? Yeah, somebody has to be has to be brave because you know the way it is now, everything comes back and bites you in the butt. <laughs> yeah, sadly. But well, I guess that is the ending of the midnight movies. Uh, we did Mars Attacks, so. For Captain Mike Jones, I am Thanatos Kane, and we will see you next time. And remember to get to the asylum. This has been a Heroes Asylum production.